0: All right, how y'all doing this morning? My name is Justin Nevitt. Um, my wife and I here are Connect Group leaders. Uh, I just want to say I'm excited. I'm honored to be here and share the Word of God with you this morning. Um, as I just look and I kind of look back at where God has taken this church, um, I think a lot of times we kind of graze over how incredible it is, how incredible this journey has been so far. I mean, if you look back, when we were meeting at the school and then as we got into this building. And then I just continually see next step after next step, after next step, people stepping up and saying, I wanna serve. I wanna tithe for the first time. I wanna be baptized. I wanna give my life to Jesus. And we've seen all of those things over and over again in this place. And it has been incredible. Um, And if this is your first time here, I just wanna say we're glad you're here. Uh, This place exists for you. Uh, We're so thankful that you are here. Um, Our heart, like Michael says, is is to connect every person that we come in contact with, whether here or in the grocery store or at our schools or our works or wherever it is, to a growing, a growing relationship with Jesus. Um, Our heart is that this place would be a training ground for spiritual warriors to be equipped and sent out. I pray that this morning that it would be a little uncomfortable for us, that we would be challenged that we wouldn't be able to just sit in our seats and glaze over and hear a message. I pray that you engage this morning, that you engage with the message and what God's trying to to speak to us. So this morning, before we jump into the message, I really want us to just get a picture of who God is, the glorious God that we serve, the God that's on the throne, the God that came down and said, I want you. And so this morning, I'm going to read from you read to you from Isaiah chapter 6 it says I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on the throne and train of his robe filled the temple above him were angels with six wings with two wings they covered their faces and with two wings they covered their feet and with two wings they were flying and they were calling to one another holy 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 is the Lord almighty the whole earth was full of his glory at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. I mean, I cannot even imagine being in this place and just seeing the God that set up a high above all else. His train filled the room, the angels screaming to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is the God we pray to. This is the God we serve. This is the God that wants a relationship with you. And so before we get into this message, I want to enter into a time of prayer, and I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to get uncomfortable, to get out of your seat, come to this altar. Let this altar be a sanctuary that you can just get on your knees and surrender to the God and put him in his place where he deserves, high and exalted. So we're going to take a couple minutes right now and just do that. If we could just enter into a time of worship, and I'm going to be here right on the altar. God, you are so worthy of all of our praise, Father. We thank you that you care about us, that you came down off your throne and that you sent your son to save us. Jesus, we praise you. You are good. You are so good, Father. When it all falls apart and everything's going wrong, you are good, Jesus. When it's things are going great, you are still good, Jesus. We want to put you in your place, high and exalted this morning, God. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so we are in our fourth week of the Equip series. Uh, Last week, Michael gave us three keys uh, to unlock unity in the church. If you remember, he talked about unity doesn't mean we're um, going to work things out and we're just going to keep the peace. Unity is considering others before ourselves, honoring people, thinking of people before ourselves. It's looking out for the interest of others but above ourselves. It's being in Christ, residing in Christ. That is the true key of what unity is in the body. If our if everyone's eyes are on Jesus, everyone's eyes are in Christ, if we reside in his will, at the center of his will, then unity will be will just be here. It'll be automatic. But when we go outside of his will, when we start to, to, to look to our self-interest, we start to look to our own pride and our own interest. That's where we let the enemy come in and cause division in our body. I mean, if you look around at our at the American church today, how many denominations are there because of this division? How many how many political issues and um, just schemes that the enemy tries to speak into, and we let let him cause division in our body. But Christ gives us unity. If we're in him, he gives us unity. So this morning, we're going to look at Ephesians 4, and we're going to look at um, three callings that um, Paul gives us, three callings that Jesus Christ gives the church. Um, So if you turn to Ephesians 4, verses 1, it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner "'Worthy of the calling to which you have been called, "'with all humility and gentleness, "'with patience, bearing with one another in love, "'eager to maintain the unity and the bond of peace. "'There is one body, one spirit, "'just as you were called to the one hope "'that belongs to your call. "'One Lord, one faith, one baptism.'" one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Skip into verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So this first calling that we're going to look at is the calling that Paul gives to maintain the unity in the spirit. It says, be eager to maintain the unity of spirit and the bond of peace. Eager, that means we have to fight for the unity between the marriage of Christ and the church. Men, if if there's division in your marriage, if your marriage or your home is coming under attack, we're called to fight like crazy to keep that unity, not fight against. We're called to fight to keep the unity. Why? Because she's your bride. You cherish her. You made a covenant with her. Marriage is designed to show God's love to the world. Our church was designed to show God's love to the world. And we have to understand that there is a spiritual realm. There is a war going on that we cannot see. The enemy doesn't like when our church is unified. He's threatened. He doesn't like it. In First Peter, it says there's an enemy that prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have to fight against that. This week, that is personal for me because I felt like for the, in the longest time, I had to fight every single day because he was trying to come attack. He was trying to steal my joy. He was trying to destroy my marriage. I honestly, if I if I want to be honest with you, I wanted to quit. I just wanted to quit this week. The enemy's sole purpose is to get you to that place where you just roll over and play dead in your spiritual life because you're not a threat anymore. If you just cruise on by, let's just keep on going, not, not considering anything but myself, not not seeking out situations to advance the gospel, not seeking out discomfort, he'll leave you alone. But, big but here, we have the poly, the power of the Holy Spirit to fight back, to resist him. The Bible says, resist him and he will flee. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not, Of the flesh, but I have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Even when we're filled to the brim with anxiety, when we're stricken by grief, when we're overcome by pain, the Bible says we're playing on an un, uneven playing field. We have the power of the Holy Spirit with us to keep the unity. To, he's in our corner fighting against, against the enemy. So we can have hope in that. We can have hope and knowing that we don't have to fight with our own ability. We have the Holy Spirit with us. today, we have him. Paul says in Philippians chapter two, verse one through five, he says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others have this mind among yourself which is in yours Christ Jesus so it says consider others before yourself look out for the interest of others and be in Christ our second calling that Paul is calling us to calling the church to equip believers to do the work of ministry it says and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. It's so cool how he, he te- takes each one of these, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, all working differently, all fulfilling their purpose that they've been called to. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't really dug in to ask yourself, where do I fit in this? What, what has God blessed me with? What has He equipped me with? Find, so, find someone. Find someone that you trust and get in the Word with Him and just do a deep dive on what, what spiritual gift has I been blessed with? Because it's so important to understand that, that we have, each one of us have been blessed with a gift, and we need to know what our role is in the body of Christ, so that we're not trying to do everyone else's role when we're called to do, fulfill our purpose. So if I get anything out of this, I see that the church isn't meant to be this place where we come and be filled up and we hear a message and we learn. It's, a, it's meant to be a training ground, a training ground for missionaries I'm not talking about just the missionaries that are being sent to Haiti, sent to Africa. I'm talking about the missionaries that are going to engage in our culture around us to see the gospel be pushed forward for his glory, not ours. It doesn't mean that we're just going to show up a couple times a week and just give a few amens, that's right, and then go straight back to our nine-to-five grind with our heads down. Because it's tempting. That's what the enemy wants us to do. And we have all these excuses. I have all these excuses about when I get in my chair on Monday morning and I have about a zillion things coming in my head, you got to do this, got to do that, got to do that. But we're called to fight and we're called to um, continually be in this mindset of training, training, training. It's labor. It's labor. It's uncomfortable. If you said if you came to me and said I want to be I want to compete in the next CrossFit Games or I want to compete in the next Olympics, and you said I ask you well, what's your training regimen? what's it going to be like and you said well I'm going to I'm going to head to the gym a couple of times a week and there's this guy I'm going to watch this really buff guy work out a few times and well, you know he's going to show me how to do some lifts, I would laugh because you're not going to make it there. You've got to train. It's going to be intense. You've got to push yourself. You've got to push your boundaries. You've got to see what you're capable of, find that line of what you're capable of, and then you push it even more. If you look at any sort of um, military special forces, you look at the SEALs, the kind of training that they do, they're pushed beyond human. what's possible for humans, really. It's insane. They endure so much pain and discomfort because they know that they're going to see that in the battle because they've been chosen as the 0.1% of the military that's going to fight the hardest battles in the most strategic way because they've been gifted with the most ability, the most talent. Not even that, not even talent, it's their will, their will to put themselves down and put others before them. So let me ask you this question, when is the last time that you have pushed yourself, that you have put yourself in a place that is uncomfortable, that you have stepped out in faith where you did something where you honestly didn't know how it was going to work out. You didn't know if you could do it. And you had to rely on God. You had to rely on his faith to do it, to see God's love spread into the community. When's the last time that we've done that? And I think, if we're honest with ourselves, we would be surprised by how little we do that, if at all. I'm reminded of, you know, our, our Connect group, we go to the Effingham Nursing Home once a week, and we just kind of love all the people there, um, just care for some of the older people there. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's uncomfortable to get there. Like, me and my wife, every week, or every time we go, we're like, okay i got to prepare myself for this because it's uncomfortable. But then God surprises us every single time. There was one time I was sitting. I'm going to give you a manly example of what it, what it, it takes to, to step out of your comfort zone. I was sitting at the table, and uh, Nikki Long is painting this woman's fingernails, and I'm just sitting there kind of having a conversation with one of the other ladies, and she slides me this nail polish, and I'm like, oh, Gosh. I don't know how to do this. It was uncomfortable. But, you know, God surprised me. I'm like, how he used this simple act of painting a woman's fingernails. And, you know, it just brought her so much joy. Her face just lit up. It was, it was incredible. And, you know, I, I look around at our body, and I see, I see the women's group exploding. I see huge impacts in our outreach. Chatham Apartments, Effingham Nursing Home, The Living Vine Maternity Home, The Backpack Ministries, Connection Kids, just to name a few. And a lot of times, I'm speaking to myself, man, a lot of times I don't see men at the forefront along, alongside their sisters in Christ. Man, it's time for us to step up, start being the trailblazers in, men, in our ministry, start leading our homes, leading our wives. We've got to seek out discomfort. We've got to seek out discomfort and kill the passivity in our lives. You want to talk about an unstoppable force for good? We'll we'll start to see that happen. We start to have 20 men stepping up and leading their homes. We'll start to see whole families getting saved. We've got to seek out discomfort. We've got to start to being leaders. Paul's third calling Build up the body of believers to spiritual maturity. It says, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's not built up by a pastor or by a leader or a connect group leader. It's built up by itself. It's built up by each person doing its part, each gifting, working as the way it's attended to. And it builds itself up it becomes self-sustainable. I know that we've got a couple business owners in here, and, and when, you, when you think about starting a business, if you, if you design this business so that you're the only one that can do this and the only one that can do that and the only one that can do this, you're going to run yourself ragged. But if you set up your business so that you, you've equipped 20 different people to lead your business and all you have to do is sit back and focus on where your calling is as a maybe apostle or a shepherd it thrives and it's sustainable it's it's for the long run the church builds itself up in unity Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 through 14 For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice, constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Church, it's time for us to start taking ownership of our spiritual maturity. It's no one else's job to mature us as a Christian. If we we need to look inside our lives and find areas, where are we lacking? Where are we mature? We need to start examining ourselves before the Lord and measuring it up against the word, not someone else. It's no longer someone else's job to see us grow to maturity. It's our job. We've got to start being equippers. We've got to start being the one. It says, you're meant to be teachers, but you're not. You're still in the milk. You haven't stepped out yet. You should be the one on stage. You should be the one saying, preaching the word. Like You should be the one coming alongside a brother and encouraging him and operating within your gifts. We've got to have a firm foundation in his word. We've got to be rooted in his word. It's the only way. It's the only way that we gain discernment. We've got to be students of his word. When you're in college and you're studying for that final, you're not just, I'm going to read through the chapter Yeah, I'm good, you know, I I put in my 15 minutes of study. And no, use every resource possible. You're on YouTube, you're on whatever it is, and you're going to grow, you're going to learn. If we don't, it says we're going to be like gullible children, tossed to and fro, going without our feels right in life. I'm just going to feel my way through it. No, that's a lie. That's a lie from Satan. You got to be rooted in his word. If we can't stir, stand firm in the fundamental things like the gospel and who God is, the full picture of who God is, what's going to happen when we start engaging in issues like what's going on on the border right now? Political differences, abortion, same-sex marriage. I just saw some people get real uncomfortable. But we should be engaging in these issues, and we should be fighting for unity in the Spirit, not right or left. Let me say that again. We should be fighting for unity in the spirit. Not I'm right and you're wrong. What's going to happen when we start defending our faith against other religions? What's going to ha- start happening when we start coming across demon-possessed? You think I'm crazy, but mark my words, this will happen when we start to see this body become an unstoppable force of good in this city. Satan will absolutely wage war on this place. And I think he already has. We got to be ready. We got to be rooted in his word. We've got to start using the sword of truth that he's given us. Unity in the church. Equipping the believers, growing them up in maturity. These are all irrelevant. If we aren't first in love with our King Jesus. Not the idea of him, not in love with all the church activities, I mean, in love with Jesus. As I read that earlier in Isaiah, I mean, King above all kings, exalted, a host of angels, praising him, holy, holy, holy. This is the kind of love I'm talking about. So if this morning, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I mean a genuine relationship, please don't leave here. Find me, find someone else. There's people that want to come alongside you and pray with you and walk you through this. Want to be, want to equip you, want to send you out for the work of ministry and see you grow up into the fullness of Christ. You may have called yourself a Christian for 20 years. I don't care. Be honest with yourself this morning. if today's the day you want to quit playing church, if today's the day you want to enter in into a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, would you just boldly raise your hand? All right, that's good. I just want to encourage you as we leave this place just leave in the mindset of training. Leave in the mindset of of seeing the kingdom come for his glory and not mine. For his glory. I pray that each one of us is challenged this morning. I pray that we are filled with his Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to equip us. I thank you for this community that you've given us. I thank you that you've called us to a relationship with you, Jesus. Father, we want to humbly come before you this morning, and we want to raise your name high above every name. Father, you deserve the glory, not us. It's in your name we pray.